Did you know improving your communication can double your net worth? Just because it's not your title doesn't mean you're not in sales. You are. Lloyd Day created and has taught this communication training for 30 plus years. Macy McNeely, Lloyd's daughter, and Catherine Schubert, a founding student, were struggling entrepreneurs who, after going under his wing and seeing their businesses quadruple, knew that this was the missing piece for so many others. That's how the Guide Culture Training started and has taught over 500 students in just two short years. Sales is guiding people into a decision that is best for them. Guide Culture is not sales training, it's life training. We are a group of completely bought-in sales professionals who persuade for good. Here are your hosts, Macy, Loy, and Catherine. Hey, hey, Guide Culture fam, Macy McNeely here. So right now, we are in sales mode. What does that look like? What does that mean? You want to know a little behind the scenes of what sales mode is? Uh, It's when we're coming up to the closing of Guide Culture. So we have our first cohort of the year closing up on February the 4th. And so it's like hitting the pavement, so to speak. A lot of one-on-one conversations and I love these. I love them because they reveal so much of just what's going on just kind of deep down inside of people. You know, we talk a lot about uh, prioritizing connection, prioritizing conversation. And, you know, there are so many strategies. There are so many ways to do big, huge launches and big, huge webinars and sell on autopilot. And honestly, like, of course, people love the idea of being able just to sell without like having to do the quote selling, so to speak. You know what I mean when I say that? I know you do. Uh, But the way you're able to kind of create content to be able to do that is from talking to people. And so what are those conversations like? What happens inside of them? Well, it's a lot of revealing, hey, what are honestly your objections? I mean, we don't say the word objection around here. It's it's definitely a sales word that we say kind of insider. But if you are in sales, you know the word objection and why it's so important. Well, maybe you don't know why it's so important to get them out, but let me just kind of back up and tell you why we don't say the word objection to prospects that we're having is because the the word objection, it just feels so heavy. It feels so big. It feels so powerful. And if an objection in someone's head is big and powerful and heavy, like they're not going to move forward. It is like a rain cloud just over their head all the time as they're making the decision. It's important to talk about them like they're light and airy and not a big deal. And, you know, there's a way to kind of move past this. And so their concerns, their doubts, their questions, their any kind of thoughts that are honestly just holding someone back from moving forward. So, you know, if you think, honestly, let me just give you kind of like something that's going through my brain right now, just personally, to help you kind of align with what's happening in that is probably happening with your prospects. So uh, we're trying to think decide what's going on for Russia's school next year. We're like, okay, do we want to do like a traditional like church preschool? Do we want to do like a Montessori school? Do we, like, what do we want to do? And I have been like, honestly pulled in so many different directions. And I'm having such a hard time making a decision. And 
I know why it is. My sales brain knows why it is. It's like I have all these concerns and these objections that no one has answered. No one has helped me make them smaller. No one has uh, like explained to me why the way I'm thinking either is correct or isn't correct. And I know that I need to sit down with somebody and like say them out loud so they can be squashed, so they can be explained or so they can be confirmed. And I know that that isn't the right decision for me. And, you know, these schools, they're, they're not really letting, you know, parents in, they're not really, and I'm like, hey, I have to sit down and talk with somebody or else I'm not going to make a decision and it's going to eat me alive. And so that's what actually I'm in the car on the way home from right now or on the way to the office from right now is sitting down at the Montessori school talking through things out. And I feel so much better. I feel so much more clear on what I'm going to do, what I feel like I haven't made my final decision, but it's just so I feel like a weight is lifted off of me because I have talked through things that possibly were holding me back. And that's exactly what's happening in sales mode right now when we're in conversation with people and helping them make a decision whether guide culture is for them or isn't for them we are pulling out people's objections we are getting out what they're thinking we're getting out the thoughts that might be keeping them from moving forward and what most people do in sales conversations is they like low-key avoid them they avoid the objections they avoid the things that are holding them back because they like either don't feel confident dealing with it they might subconsciously agree with them right if they're like oh it's too expensive and they're like oh i know it is expensive it's a lot of money And so they have a hard time like helping people think because they think the same thing, right? And we don't want that. We want to pull them out. And the reason this has been so valuable and so amazing is because now we know what content to make. Now we know what sales content to create, to kind of cast a net to the people who maybe aren't speaking out who aren't messaging us and aren't telling us our th- their thoughts. They're just the type of buyer who chooses to sit on the sideline, which is amazing. It's no big deal at all. But the people who are like having a conversation with us, they're helping us be able to create content to cast the net to the people who aren't interested in like verbally raising their hand, but they're still watching on the sidelines. And so I kind of just want to talk about a couple just things, honestly, that people are telling me and are kind of struggling with and dealing with because I understand like, like I completely get where people are at. I want to make sure the timing is right. I want to make sure that the investment is wise. I want to make sure that I'm doing the right thing based on my life, my circumstances, my situation, that things make sense. And so I just want to kind of like talk about the situations of the people that I'm talking with right now in sales conversations and just tell you what I'm telling them. Uh, Because I know that I would want to hear that uh, if I was in your position, if you were kind of on the fence and you really felt a certain way about something and someone helped reveal a new way of thinking, I would appreciate that so much. And it's Exactly what I want to do right now. So there's been a couple of people who who are have said, hey, like I gotta make this amount of money in order to make guide culture happen, right? I have to make these sales in order to be able to have sales training. Uh, and it makes sense, right? You're like, okay, I I gotta make the money before I, I spend the money. And sometimes that is the case, right? But not always. And it's this weird teeter. It's this weird teeter-totter situation where it's like, okay, I could spend time, money, energy trying to figure out, figure it out so that I can afford guide culture. It could take you a couple months, could take you a couple of years until you make the money you need to make in order to 
afford guide culture. But on the other side of that teeter-totter, it's, okay, what if guide culture is the thing that's actually going to help me get there faster? What if guide culture is the resource, is the tool, is the skill set that I'm missing in order to get from point A to point B. I was talking to somebody and she was saying how, you know, she's she's having a little bit of traction, right? She's She actually lives in Uganda, so she does a lot of stuff kind of on Facebook and Zoom and, and sending video messages and voice messages. And she's like, Macy, I'm literally having to redo a, you know, three minute video 20 times because I just cannot get it right. Like I know something's missing. I know like the the words aren't right. I know it's not and I just am spending so much time on one video for one person. I'm trying to, you know, connect with them and be personal. I can't see them in person. I'm living in Uganda and they live in the in America. Like and I'm spending so much energy trying to get this right. I'm like, "Dang, like I know what it's like to feel like you have to start and stop, start and stop." It it is not fun. I'll tell you that right now. And so I, I got to honestly just encourage her and let her know that there is a way. There is a way for sales messaging to be second nature, to be able to whip out a voice memo, to be able to whip out a selfie video as you are carrying your kids to the car from preschool. You can whip out a voice message that is handling an objection in a second nature way without even having to think about it. You know, a lot of times people like get into entrepreneurship because they want to do the thing that they love, right? They want to do the copywriting. They want to do the photography. They want to do the makeup. They want to do the the jewelry. They want to do the, uh, you know, the financial advising. They want to do the life insurance. They care about people so much. They did not sign up to sell. They signed up to do the one thing that they love. And then when it's time to sell, they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to copyright. I wanted to help people. Like, and then we hear that all the time. Like, my calling is to help people. And you're exactly right. Like, God made us to serve and love people. That is what our purpose is. The problem is, is that we can't seem to serve people because we can't get our product into the hands of others. And that's why I'm like so fired up about sales skills is because it is the one thing that helps you live out your calling. It is the one thing that helps you be able to do the thing you love the most. You know, so many people are spending so much energy redoing the video 20 times. They're spending so much energy stressing over the sales call that's happening at three o'clock today and they got to prepare for it and they feel sick to their stomach and they practice saying, you know, this is my rate in the mirror without getting sweaty and red and wanting to throw up. And then by the time they have the sales call, they got to go like recharge the batteries. They got to go rest because they are exhausted from everything it took to be able to have that one conversation that didn't even convert. And so actually by not getting into sales, by not like just mastering it, just getting into it just one time, they're actually spending less time doing what they signed up to do in the first place. And I know like, you know, if you're thinking, I keep going back to copywriting because I I have the one specific person in mind and it's like, she just wants to write. She just wants to write, but she's actually not able to write because of the lack of sales skills. And that's one thing about entrepreneurship is like another word, honestly, for entrepreneurship is salesperson. They're interchangeable. Like you cannot be one and not the other. 
And so if you can't get out of it, if you can't get out of being a salesperson, like just get into it, just get excited about it because when sales are second nature, it actually gives you energy. It actually gives you the ability to live out your calling. It gives you the chance to transform people because you can have to be the best writer in the world, but if you're not actually helping people through your writing, it really doesn't matter, right? It's irrelevant what you can or can't do because it's not serving people. So just thinking about that teeter-totter, like you have to decide, like it is a risk, right? It is a risk. It's a risk waiting a year to trial and error, to see if you can figure it out, to see if you can make the money, to see if you can, you know, dip your toe in and, and get it right here or there. And it's also a risk to spend a little bit of money to know, to have the path, to have the clarity, to have the reps in a safe place with a coach that makes sure that you are doing things with excellent. It's a risk both ways. But in my opinion, the risk of being in the same place a year from now, oh my gosh, it is simply not worth it. Somebody that just signed up, she said that she she'd been trial and erring different paths for three years, for three years. And, you know, guide culture is barely three years old. You know what I'm saying? Like so much can happen in three years. And you might think three years and, and it, it doesn't sound like that much. But if you think about, I mean, guide culture is just an example of just like almost a thousand students have gone through guide culture. You know, there's a team of, of six people. There's an office space. There is compl- like so much life change that has happened through guide culture in three years. So you can either trial and error or you can build something that's going to last, build something that is actually going to transform people in that same amount of time. So the risk of being in the same place a year from now way outweighs the risk of spending $38.97 on a training that's going to save you so much time money and energy. Let's also talk about speaking about being on a on a clear path. There's been a couple of people who are like, hey, I'm like not clear on the niche or I'm not clear on the path or I'm not clear on like the direction that I'm going. I feel like I need clarity on the direction uh, before I move forward. And I totally, I really do get that because you want to like know and see exactly how things are going to play out and how you're going to use this. What happens when you when you wait like that is that when you are clear, you end up being behind the eight ball because you have an idea or you you have the the product or you have the path, you have the niche and you're so excited about it, but now you actually have to wait. You have to wait because you now have to go back and refine your skill. And you want your skill refined. You want to know exactly how to hit the ground running when the path is clear. The thing about timing, timing is so important. Timing is so, so important. I think about like Instacart. Uh, when I, uh, one time I had my nanny at my house and Instacart was ordered and dropped off and I, uh, like grabbed it, put it in the kitchen, on the kitchen counter. And I just made a comment like, man, can you believe life even existed without Instacart? Like, can you believe that everybody would just go to the grocery store whenever they needed something? That's just crazy to me. She's like, yeah, you know, years ago, you know, something like this tried to happen like a company tried to be able to deliver groceries and she's i don't know what happened it just didn't work out just didn't pan out and i know like i know what happened i know it was a timing issue right like the timing of things 
matter so much. I know actually Audible, they, I listened to Audible on how I built this and they were saying that they were probably about six years, like too early. Like the world, their technology was faster than what the world was really ready for. The, the thought of like listening to a book while your eyes were busy and your brain was free. Like people were not catching on to the, to the concept. They were six years early and they almost like didn't make it because they were so early but timing also can be too late you know what I mean like things can get ahead of you and it not work out and so my point here is like you want to be ready for the timing you can't orchestrate everything you can't orchestrate the world being ready you can't orchestrate your idea being like you can't orchestrate that what you can know is that you are prepared that you are prepared for the moment that the, the right conversation happens with the right person. You are prepared for the moment that someone's like, hey, I think you might have something that I need, but I'm not sure. Can you help me? The moment that they have the objection and they are willing and ready to open their mouth, open their heart, open their hands and say, hey, I'm ready for you to explain. I'm ready for you to help me create the narrative that I need to be able to move forward. Like that is the one thing you can make sure is right is your preparation. So to be behind the eight ball like that and to say, hey, I'm gonna like wait until things are just right. Like everything could be just right, but your preparation is not. And then all of a sudden that perfect timing is just out the window. And that's freaking scary. That terrifies me that there's like a moment where it's like everything that you've worked for has built up to this one moment. And I believe that there are moments like that. And to not be ready for it, like, wow, that would be really hard. And so what good news that is though, that if you are unclear, if you don't have a lot of clarity, what perfect time that you have the mental margin, that you have the space. In fact, most people come to through guide culture and they actually learn the skills on something random. Like Kat, when she first took guide culture years ago, she practiced selling golden doodles because she genuinely loved golden doodles. She thought they were the best dog. She knew a lot about them. She'd done some research before she got her own golden doodles. So she was like, you know what? I'm going to learn these principles on something that like I already love that there's no emotional, like major attachment to, you know, your business can be so emotional and it can be hard to learn when you're under that like emotional pressure. So to be able to learn when there's no pressure right? You can learn the skill. There's no like, oh my gosh, I have to make this work. I have to make this work. You are going to absorb the information in such a different, more impactful way. And then when you are clear, you're going to have the skills ready to hit the ground running, knowing exactly what to do and how to do it. The last point I want to talk about today is like when you make a poor investment, when you make a poor investment and like being uncomfortable with investing again and I get it I'm telling you fam like the amount of money that I have invested in and it didn't feel like a good investment in the moment I think in the last two years it's been like over two hundred thousand dollars that has been invested in the business and myself and when I say that I'm like wow that's a lot that's a lot of dough that's a lot of money it can be scary but I've learned so much about investment investing and the the mindset around investing that I just want to encourage you with there in my opinion there is no such thing as a bad investment there's no such thing because each investment is a deposit in the path it's not a destination a lot of times people are like hey did that investment quote work did it work and my que- and my question back is like what does it mean 
to you that an investment would quote work like I don't that it doesn't it doesn't happen that way right working is relative is working making all the money back that you invested in is working meeting the right person at the right time through the investment is working you know a a relationship with somebody that you know three years down the road ended up becoming a client for you is working uh getting some reps in in a safe place where you actually feel confident is working a a new mindset that you never knew that you even needed i don't know what is working for you in every investment that i've made there has been something something one tiny little thing that has made it quote work or in my opinion worth it and what's so powerful about those little things that add up they, they actually don't add up. They compound. They build on each other. We had a student and we posted her win story, but she, she, told, she came to in person and I had, she told me this. I didn't even realize it. She said that, you know, before she took guide culture, she made a $10,000 investment that she said when she was making it, like it, it didn't, so there was something in her that didn't feel right. But on the sales call, the person said all the right things, right? They said, I can fix your problem. 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 And so she was like, something felt weird, but I felt like I needed to do it at the same time. And so she did it. $10,000 investment did not go well. She said it almost put her out of business. She almost gave up because she had made $30,000 that year and she invested $10,000. So that doesn't feel good if you know what I'm saying. But she said something about guide culture. It was a heart pull. And she said, I like couldn't not do it. She said maybe on paper it didn't make sense. Logically didn't make sense. But I couldn't not invest in guide culture. And she did. And so the year after she invested in guide culture, she did like $125,000 a year. But, you know, on paper it didn't make sense. But in her heart it did. And so she made a comment in person like, you know, it just wasn't worth it. That $10,000 once wasn't worth it. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You learned something invaluable through that investment you learn to never make it make a move with your head ever again but to move with your heart and this is science like there's a a neocortex part of your brain there's a limbic part of your brain the limbic part of your brain is emotion it doesn't even have the capacity for language at all but when people make decisions from the limbic part of their brain they make the highest quality decisions it's kind of like when you when you're like, wait, why you know, why do you love your husband? Why do you love your kids? You like cannot even put it to words. You're like, what do you mean? Like the words that you say don't e- hardly even like make sense or even feel impactful or even worthy because the limbic brain is taking over. Maybe your eyes just start to fill with water and there's nothing that you have to say because your heart, like the feelings that you have, say it all. And the neocortex part of the brain, when people start trying to logically like over over logically justified decision they actually make poor quality decisions they use the neocortex part of the brain and so when she made that ten thousand dollar investment decision she used the neocortex part of her brain and it was a poor quality decision but with guide culture she used the limbic part she felt the pull it was emotional. she couldn't put it to words she's like i don't know what this is but i just feel like i need it and she made it high and so that experience alone is going to save her and make her money so far down the road so i'm like hey that was an amazing investment that was an amazing decision that you made because now look at you you are better 
number. And when it comes to investing, like it's a cause and effect principle. If you do push-ups every single day, you will get stronger. If you invest in yourself, you will get better. Even if you don't you spend $10,000 and you don't make a single dime back, that experience alone is worth it. It made her better. It made her better. And she will forever be better from that experience, from that investment. So some might look at that and say, man, that's a really poor investment. I look at that. And I'm like, thank goodness she did it so early in her career. Thank goodness it was only $10,000. And now she can, you know, use the, that life lesson in all that she does. So, you know, investing is a mindset. It is a winner mentality. And it's part of the cost of admission. You know, there are two types of people. There are people that invest in themselves and the people that they don't. And I know that you want to align with the people that invest in themselves because that is what a winner does. So Guide Culture, we close enrollment on February the 4th. February the 4th. We start February the 11th. I've gotten a lot of questions on time, timing. And so I want to answer that for you right now meow the first so guide culture is eight weeks okay the first three ish three to four weeks is going to be the biggest time commitment and at most you'll spend three hours in one week that includes the content that you consume on your own time right so it's it's broken up into four sections each week is so you can kind of take a section at, at a time listen to it on your own time but you want to be ready for your lab that you pick that lab is one hour you will be in a group of about seven-ish people with a coach to be able to practice and refine your skills now, the second four weeks, so it's Guide to Culture eight-week program. The second four weeks is actually the first four weeks repeated with a little bit of spice. I don't know about you, but that should, it brings me peace. It should bring you so much peace knowing that, hey, I'm going to get the first round of Guide Culture. I'm going to get the first four weeks and anything that I might have missed, anything that might have slipped through the cracks, anything that maybe I was a little distracted and I heard the first time, I can hear it again and it can I can hear it in a new and different way. It's kind of like going for a walk on like your favorite street and you know, it's morning time. And so you see like everything when the sun is really bright. And then you go on that same street again in evening time and everything looks different. The sun is setting. It's maybe a little bit more chilly. It's a total different experience. There's different cars. Maybe there's less cars, more people walking. It's a different type of energy. You pick up on different things. That's exactly what's happening in the first four weeks and the second four weeks. So if you can schedule the first, so we start February 11th, that first three week period, schedule about three hours a week, you should be good. And then know that the second four weeks, you can pick up anything that you might have missed or that has fallen through the cracks. Your lab, you want to like do everything you can to be in your lab. There is a makeup opportunity each week, uh, but you definitely want to schedule that that one hour a week. Like it is the most important hour that like it cannot be missed. And there are options. There's morning, afternoon, and evening times for you as well. So if you have any questions at all, please send us a message on Instagram at the guide culture. That is what we are here for. And we will be the first to tell you if it's not a good fit, we really will. Uh, because if you don't win, we don't win. And making sure that you come out a winner is the most important thing. We cannot wait to talk to you on Instagram and hope you enjoyed this episode and we will talk soon. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope this episode encouraged you in your journey. Come join us over at the Winner's Circle Facebook group of online entrepreneurs who are winning the game of life. The link is down in the show notes. 
We'll see you there. <laughs>